Welcome to another edition of the Hard Rock Show. I'm Andrew. I'm Brendan. I'm Dave. I'm Tim. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, whether you're watching or listening to this uh, episode here, make sure you follow us. All of our details are in the description wherever you did find this piece of content. Uh, so check it out. Give us a follow on all of our different social media platforms. Uh, also check out our Patreon page if you'd be so kind. Any support you can give us would allow us to do a lot more than we currently do. Uh, we have all sorts of uh, uh, giveaways and early access and rewards and stuff in there. So have a, have a quick look at that. And while we're on that sort of topic, a big thank you to our wonderful sponsors in Squidding, Screen Printing, Old Colt and Rockstar Finance. Thank you very much. They de- their details as well are in the description for this. So please find them and give them just a follow to show a bit of love for the support they give us here at the show. Tonight, we've got a bit of a bigger one. We didn't do a, a deep cuts uh, this week. So we're going to sort of combine two things into one. We're going to cover Red Sea, Fates Warning, Jeff Scott Soto, Orianthe, and ACDC. So there's a bit going on in this episode. But before we get stuck into all that, let's catch up with everyone. How is everyone going? Brendan, it's been a little while since you were on the show. So how have you been? Busy. Yeah. Um, Coming into the right season yeah. for you. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm, I'm, yeah. What I do is definitely a seasonal thing. So uh, I think uh, summertime combined with the uh, post-COVID mm. and uh, things are going a bit feral. So, yeah, that on top <laughs> of trying to get sort of either them orange buddy mm. singles and videos and albums and stuff together and, uh, yeah, trying to stop my wife from leaving me. It's yeah, all that stacked on top. It's all pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> She's not leaving me, I think. That that, no, I got, anyway. that got dark quick. <laughs> yeah, and no, I'm pretty sure she's still hanging around. <laughs> I did buy another guitar, so God only knows. Oh, um, another one. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, not. Uh, yeah, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guitarists and their toys. Okay, Dave, how about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Work's picking up. Gotten a lot more busier. School's back, so we're keeping busy with the kids and. I had not have anything alcoholic in ten days. Whoa! Wow! Yeah. Um, there's That's a reason. Fair. There's a reason. I got my heart set on a new guitar, so in order to justify the expense, I got to give up something to save up for it. And this is fucking painful. Wow! I'm giving up food. Oh, ten days, nine hours, <laughs> six minutes, ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, I'm sending I'm you a care package food. right now. Yeah. I'm going to cave over Christmas. So are, we able to, are we able to send you drinks as relief? Yeah, please. <laughs> and what's the guitar? What is Actually, it? anyone watching can send. <laughs> <laughs> I want an Epiphone SG. I can't afford a Gibson SG. I want an Epiphone. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah. I've wanted one since I was like 15. Okay. So after 25 years, I'm going to fucking bite the ball. Yeah. Good. How much? 750. That's not bad. That's all right. Yeah. It's a few months alcohol. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's less than Brendan spent on his last purchase, I believe. True. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's an SG. Hang on. Where? Ah, there. Yeah, where do you look? Right there, fucking. Boom <laughs> <laughs> beer. Boom yeah. beer and a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> You're a better guitarist, so you've got that going for you. I have to buy more guitars just to you know, confuse people. Yeah. So I think I'm talented. I'd love to get you guys to do a, a, a guitar battle at some point. <laughs> Just nope. Nope. With beer. Oh, fuck. You're better than you think you are, Brendan. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm not going anywhere near it. I haven't touched my guitar in, in anger for fucking too long now, so I've, I'm not even going to go near this conversation. Uh, Tim, how about you? And how are the drums? Have you bought new cymbals of late? <laughs> yeah, they're over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I keep forgetting cymbals in people's houses, apparently, so <laughs> too many of them. Yeah, to, to be honest, I, I, I haven't bought new drum gear in, year, in about a year and a half. Okay, you're pretty um, settled then. Yeah, I've just like apart from like little knickknacks that you know you kind of need. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I haven't really felt the need to buy new snares and new cymbals or whatever lately. I kind of feel like like I've got everything I, I want. So you know. But to That's be fair, feeling. I to be fair, my last purchase was like I bought the dream snare that I always wanted, and then ever since then I haven't really. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've played. So there you go. But wow. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, doing okay. A musician that's not hunting gear. Mm. Yeah, it's not the gear that changes. Not <laughs> <laughs> <Play> the gear. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! <clears throat> yeah. 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 How you going? Yeah, all right. We got to see the girls for the first time in ages over the last weekend, which is why we didn't do a a second session the past week. So we we held off on that and just spent some time with the family together for the first time in probably something like six months, close to it. Um, We got to see them around the same time as when you guys came over last. No, even before that, probably. I don't know when it all was anymore. But yeah, it's been months and months and months. So we... We didn't see them for ages, and so it was good just to have a quiet weekend and just sort of switch off and spend some time with with all our kids at the same time, which we hadn't done for ages. Probably not in that context since the wedding, to be honest. Um, So it was really nice. The only thing I wanted to know is catch up with my my direct family because as a nephew, I still haven't met yet, and all that sort of stuff going on. So that'll hopefully by Christmas that'll be the uh, that'll be the the thing we can do. That's been my guiding light has been Christmas. If we get a normal Christmas, I'll be happy, which we're looking better and better. We've got like 18 days in a row of donuts mm. in Victoria to do this one today. So we're doing pretty good. So all those things add up and works, keep me busy. So everything's good. It was a good refresher over the last yeah, weekend to have the kids around and, and just be a family for, for a little bit. And that was, yeah, it's a nice, nice switch of gears and yeah, a good recharge of the battery as well. That was what we'd been hanging on for. And it made, the amount of it, it's funny that the weight you feel come off your shoulders kind of thing when mm. when you're able to do that sort of stuff again so that was awesome and seeing the smile on jody's face when that was that would happen was the best part of it all for me personally it's weird though doesn't it what just having people around and going, going yeah. to a pub or going to a cafe it mm. all feels strange something's still not right and it's odd oh, it's because we're still not sure <laughs> we can't go the full everything's back to normal we you know yeah. Wear your mask and you can't really go for the hug and all that sort of stuff. So I, went, I, went to a, I went to a friend's house probably a week ago mm. and we're looking at each other and it's like, when was the last time I went to somebody's house? It was the last time I was at their house. Oh, wow. Probably mm. like six months earlier or four, five months earlier. Wow. And then it was like, when was the last time you had somebody over? And it was like, what was the last time you came over? <laughs> and it was just because it's just, that's it, like months in between. Yeah. And it still doesn't feel normal like it's it, we're almost normal but it doesn't quite feel normal yet yeah I we're all a bit agoraphobic still yeah. Exactly. yeah and i think we're all a bit wary because we're all just terrified mm. to go through it again so we're all still doing that thing where let's just 
do the right thing for a little bit longer. And I don't think we'll let our guard down Victoria until the vaccine's proven to be effective. Time will tell. Yeah. But we'll see what happens in that regard anyway. But for now, things are good. And that's, that's what I'm happy about. So in, in the grand scheme of things, I'm ultimately pretty pragmatic. I can handle a bit and just go, okay, yep, cool. But yeah, this time around, it was good to get that one under the belt and, have some quality time with our daughters was fantastic. So it was a good recharge, good reset. Makes everything better when the most important things sort of line up for you. The rest can sort of work itself out around that. But we are not going to do a hot topic, although we might have sort of done a bit of a mix of hot topics in that conversational point there anyway. Let's let's, let's move on and get to our first review of the evening. Going to go to a local band. We're going to go to Red Sea with their second EP, Spanguin, uh, five tracks for 20 minutes. Like I said, the second EP from the Australian band released November 2020 independently. Uh, produced by Clayton Segalov at the Brain Studios in Sydney. This was actually really meant to be released earlier in 2020, but had been pushed back, obviously, because of COVID until very recently. So we'll go to Dave first on this one. What did you think of this? Um. I don't mean this in a bad way, but this is not an indie listen, but that's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just that the band is keeping the listener on their toes. You don't really get a chance to get comfortable with what they're doing. As soon as case of what's coming next, there's so many shifts and changes. You don't get into that whole passive listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in a way, that's a good thing. I liked it. Um, There are changes in tempo and mood that really come out of nowhere, but it all works. It's reminded me a bit of Toe Hider. But okay. not as eccentric and erratic, just in the idea of mixing so much together. Yep. Um, I did get a bit of an evanescence feel, but with a lot heavier riffs. Okay. Um, yeah. Overall, I think it's five songs in like 20 minutes, but there's so much going on within the songs, it felt like twice as long. Yeah. But yeah, it was really good. Um, CP is a um, good starting point to hear this band. I've never heard of this band before. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to check out something a little bit unusual and it's got a lot of... Um, Good songs on it. Um, give this a listen. I gave this eight out of ten, and standouts were the one shadow of a man and burn it all down, which is cool. like half of the piece. Yeah, nice. All right, Tim, where'd you land with this one? Yeah, um, d- d- not being able to settle into passive listening is actually a good, good mm. um, point yeah. because um, they're like there are certain rules with you know heavy music that we all kind of got you know when this happens you kind of go into this kind of feel and yeah <laughs> this didn't really follow that rule book and which was a pleasant it's a pleasant change and a pleasant surprise um um that's not to say there aren't hooks and there aren't catchy moments because they definitely mm. are but um you do need to pay attention to it and let it tell its story yeah. Uh, for what it is and when you do that it, it is a very rewarding listen it took, did take me a couple of goes to kind of wrap my head around it yeah um i did think the vocal approach was pretty interesting mm. um as well because again because there is those time shift changes time signature changes and whatnot again there's ordinarily you know rules that you know vocalists you would follow for that and with this one you know again they, that, that rule book was torn up and um, again, I found it a refreshing listen. So this is like, again, go, this is not going to be for everybody. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, um, almost like a dissonant feel at points. Yeah. But um, go into it with an open mind. 
check it out, see what it is for yourself, because everybody should listen to it. Because yeah. again, because because those rules are there, some people are going to like it. Um, but you're not. Some people who aren't expe- you wouldn't expect to like it will like it. So mm. definitely check it out. The one is my highlight, and uh, eight and a half out of ten. Cool. All right. So far, so good. Brendan, how about you? Uh, I thought this was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I, I was absolutely hooked 30 seconds in. And, mm. and and when it finished, I just played it again. Mm. Um, Easy to do that. Nothing about it I didn't like. And, and I, you know, the prog stuff can shit me from time to time because I think it loses uh, its musicality. For, this didn't lose any musicality for me from, from start to finish. I I just loved it all. I thought the vocal approach was fantastic. I think the Evanescence comparison is completely unfair because I think it actually smokes it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get Evanescence out of it. I got something yeah. I'll get to, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, Evanescence, like Amy's got a great voice, but I just yeah. find the music melodically quite boring. This is not. Um, I found this really fascinating. Um, I, 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 as a work of art, I think they've done something pretty bloody amazing in 20 minutes. Mm. Um, I, I, it left me wanting more. I, I thought it was great. So my biggest complaint is it wasn't long enough. I, I wanted more. Uh, like I said, I circled it around again and loved it just as much, if not more, the second time around. So I, I gave it nine out, nine and a half out of ten. I can't pick a highlight because I loved the journey of the entire yeah. thing. It, it yeah. was just great. Loved it. It is one of those ones where you take it in on the complete listen is the, is the best way to experience this one. I don't think it's one you pick out individual tracks. We do it because it's, you know, what we do. But I think, yeah, as what, because it's got a, it's a diversity in the tracks, which is really cool on this. You know, melody is still your focus on this, but there's a lot of diversity in five songs in that 20 minute journey. It's got a, a dark intensity kind of to it. It's got a, that mix of aggressive and somber and slow kind of stuff in there too. The, the production matched that it's got a punchy and heavy hitting side of it when it's, when it calls for it, but the slower moments have some fantastic tones and depth across this, the, the dynamic shifts across everything from the performances to the writing, to the production was really well suited to the songs. And it, it gave that emotive weight you were looking for in this kind of music. And that to me was the, the hook overall on this was the emotive context, the emotive weight and the lyrics tied into that too. Uh, the vocals and the way they pushed forward and back, they added to the drama of this whole thing. Uh, the, the emotion conveyed by Eric Ibarra's performance is impressive for this style of music. It was brilliantly done. thought the layering was great uh, across it. This is, for me, this is sort of a cross between Lily and Tool. Uh, that was where I sort of... That is a fair comparison. Not bad. Yeah. Mm. Okay, cool. I was hoping that that would go all right because that's what I landed on. So if you like Lily or Tool, I reckon this sits right in the middle of those two bands. Uh, the rhythms and the note choices were different and interesting, which you guys sort of covered off too. I like you know that mix, like I said before, the mix between the punchy stuff and the cavernous opening of it all. They really got the the studio and the musicianship to work hand in hand on this. Performances were just right. Like... This was also haunting in just the right ways, which was a, a really neat trick on this to the, is it hopelessly that slower track in, in the middle of the EP that really does open this thing up in a big way. 
Uh, and the more I listened to it, the more impressed I was. There was no bad tracks in this. And, and like you, Brendan, I just wish there was more. The EP flies by. It's so easy to repeat. Spin. It's not funny. If you're looking for something a bit different out of this year, uh, then give this a go. It stands out from the pack in the right way. And I'm looking forward to see where they go next on this. I think if this is one of those ones where you can, though, if you want to listen to one song to get the full breadth of the ep shadow of a man is the one song because it gives you combinations of everything but don't just listen to one song this is worth the entire journey nine out of ten from me uh the one hopelessly and burn it down on my standouts on this ep fantastic stuff well done so yeah very very cool from that we go to fate's warning so i believe for this one i've got to kick dave to the naughty corner don't i yep i've been bad Honestly, <laughs> me so Dave is going to go into the naughty corner for a little bit while the rest of us take over on uh, Fate's Warning. We'll see you again very soon, Dave. Yep. <laughs> all right. So now there's all of us here. We're going to do Fate's Warning with Long Day, Good Night. 13 tracks for 72 minutes. The 13th studio album with the American band released November 2020 via Metal Blade. Produced by Joe Baresi. This album took about a year to make and has guest spots from Mike Abdow and Gavin Harrison. Tim, let's go to you first on this one. Gavin Harrison's a man. This is a side <laughs> note. Um, look, I got to be honest. Um, I think this, well, that's a dumb thing to say is it's what we do on the show, be honest. Hmm. But, um, I listening to this directly after Red Sea. Yeah, I thought this sounded dated and old. There's a, it is. Yeah, that does. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, okay. and, and unfortunately, good, like this is a very, this is a very old school prog metal album, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, listening to even like you know doing the Halloween special recently, right? Yeah. Doesn't move as much air as Halloween, but it isn't actually that much more technically proficient. Mm, yep. Um, even having Garrett Harrison on the, it doesn't have the, you know, the depth of songwriting and storytelling that a porcupine tree would mm. have. Yeah. And again, we've heard so much. And again, it, it's going for that sort of old school, you know, rush but heavier kind of thing. Yeah, I got that. That yeah, rush. And it's. And unfortunately, when it comes to being a technically proficient musical wanker, um, <laughs> we've heard so much crazy shit in music these days. Mm. You know, Especially be it from yeah, mm. be it from you know, um, even bands like Dragon Force and Animals as Leaders and and Meshuggah and all this stuff that. You know, doing the rush but heavy thing um, just doesn't sound all that impressive. Mm. And I don't think it's got the musical chops to keep up or, or at least the, the melody and the grooves to keep up with it and keep yeah. it like, interesting. So, again, I thought this sounded dated. And, um, yeah, it's, it's I think they sort of reverted back to their old times on this one. They weren't. Yeah, and, I mean, look, if you're into that, you know, early 90s prog, then... Mm then you'll definitely get a huge kick out of it if you're into like images of words by Dream Theater or something like that. Um, yeah, exactly. That's a bit generous. Mm. <laughs> then, not, yeah, not nearly, but not nearly as technically important. Well, it doesn't have iconic, it's like images of words without the iconic songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so 
yeah, I thought it was fairly average. You know, six out of ten. I didn't really have a standout. Um, shot at world, possibly, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was there. Yep. All right, Brendan. I'm pretty sure you're going to be in the same boat or worse. Yeah, but no, not not particularly worse. I think actually Tim articulated that probably a lot better than I was planning to. Um, <laughs> I, and and pretty a, a lot of it came to listening on the back of Red Sea, which really yeah. made me sort of sit up in my chair and go, "Shit, what's this?" Mm. And then because we were going to a Spotify playlist, as soon as this one started, like all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I've heard, I've heard this. Like, I, mm. I, I know what this familiar. is. Yeah, you know, and and I don't. Also, I don't like to call myself a critic of music when we do these things because you know who am I to be critical of these fuckers? You know, yeah. like, these guys are like would uh, these guys have a career and we don't exactly. exactly. Yeah, We're fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are fans. So I'm not critiquing it, but it's like what you know what appeals to my ear. It's not you know oh well I could play this better than that. No, I fucking obviously couldn't get anywhere near it. I wish I could. Yeah. Um, but as a listener, it's just much like. Tim said it felt dated, it felt old, it felt like I'd heard it before. Mm. It didn't do a lot for me. It's certainly proficient, mm. but at the, and there are certainly moments where I tuned back in and went, ooh, and then you just sort of float back out again, yeah. and, you know, start cleaning the kitchen. You do drift so, on this one, don't you? Yeah, completely. Mm. So it's not to say it's bad, and if you're a fan of the band, I don't have a big history with the band either. So, yeah, yeah it's all right. It, it, it's far from bad, but it's it's not brilliant and it may suffer because of listening to the red sea one beforehand because i found that to be amazing and i found this to be quite bland so yeah also six out of ten uh alone we walk was the track that stood out for me but yeah yeah yeah. meh yeah fair (laughs) enough Now, I'm not overly familiar with this band. I know the third in albums deep. Uh, you read up on it and everyone says progressive metal. So I'm looking at this going, okay, where's this going to go? And it wasn't really progressive metal. I think the rush but heavier is kind of about right. Um, you do, you know, lots of atmosphere in this, which is cool. Some great use of space. Some glorious tones. Uh, you get what you expect. You know, some very nice, well-executed, progressive. It is metal, but it's more of a heavy rock than metal kind of a thing. Um, I thought the, the melody in the vocals was good on this though. There were some good hooks in it though. And the harmonies on the vocals were a good touch in that regard as well. Performances were good on this. Some really nice guitar work, especially in the lead. But I also thought that the drumming was, was cool. This one, which doesn't normally get my attention, but I enjoyed the drumming on this. I think the, the production helped it all along a little bit on this one. They they used depth and the panning and all sorts of stuff. On the, the deep listen with the headphones, I really got to appreciate appreciate this one a bit more than I probably would have done otherwise kind of thing. Because if this was because I had this on at work and it was interesting, but then I'd, I'd drift away in and out. When I sat down and took it all in, because I'd listened to Red Sea like the day before and it was the next day that I came to this one. I had a mental break and then I had the headphones on and that gave me a different light on it because that allowed it sort of really the, the depth, the layering and all that sort of stuff came into play much more. And that got my attention and being a production buff, those things will always help me get into something more because it gives me more than just the music to pay attention to. Uh, but that said, I thought that can, the, there were subtle things in the composition that again, really only came through in that same sort of deep listen on the casual sort of stuff. You don't really get a lot of the intricacies that's going on. You do get some of it, but I think this one is one of those ones you have to sit down with this and really give it your full attention. Otherwise it is, you do drift on it. I drifted on it until I did 
the deep listen on it. Uh, so yeah, it, it's one of those ones where if you're not going to give it the attention that it deserves, quote unquote, then it's not going to do anything that's going to make you want to sit down with it, which can be good or bad either way kind of thing. Take it. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Just noting that listen to it. So I fully get where you're coming from, but at the same time, sitting down and being immersed in it was a different experience entirely. Lyrics were great on this. That was a really good aspect of this that, um, that gave it more emotive weight, which is again, another one of those things that comes into play while you're actually sitting down and really diving in on it. Um, everything, you know, the, the good thing about it for me is that it wasn't a, a proggy snob kind of thing. It was nothing was overblown. Everything served the songs. I get why, you know, it, everyone says that it's nice. It's a bit, yeah, it's, it's good. It's there. Uh, but I think it's also overly long. I didn't need the 11 minute mm. track second to last. And there was probably another two mm. songs I could have cut on this as well. You could have saved yourselves 20 minutes on this release pretty comfortably knock it down to 50 minutes it'd be better served on this one too uh i think they're good songs in like the songs you would cut they're all there's no bad songs on here but it does just stretch this out way too much i think it's a solid release um worth a listen but i think if you're gonna listen to it if you're into your proggy sort of stuff this isn't going to be full-blown prog but if you want something that's more of a deep dive listen that that will reward you for you know the the dark room speakers or the or the lockdown headphones kind of thing that's where it's going to reward you otherwise it's not going to do a lot for you so it's a bit of a you know pick your poison kind of thing in that regard i would recommend giving this a deep listen to to fully appreciate it i did enjoy it though uh once you do do that sort of thing once you give the attention so i gave it an eight out of ten i picked shuttered world under the sun and glass houses as my standouts on this one so i believe now we can bring dave back in from the naughty corner so let's see how this goes let's see if he's there i admitted him where's he gone oh here we go hey i'm back hey. he's back he's out of the naughty corner yeah, <laughs> Did you have the the hold music going in the headphones like the the no, old sort of TV shows? I was starting to feel like Grandpa Simpson. What was that? I was starting to feel like Grandpa Simpson on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you're just in time to come back in for Jeff Scott Soto. You ready to go for that one? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Jeff Scott Soto with Wide Awake In My Dreams, 11 tracks for 44 minutes, the seventh solo studio album from the American singer released November 2020 uh, via Frontiers Records, written and produced by Alessandro Del Vecchio. Uh, worth noting that over a 30-plus year career, Soda has performed on more than 80 albums. So fuck me, that's a lot. So out of the frying pan, into the fire. Dave, let's go to you first on this one. Okay. Um- I know Jeff Scott Soto has been involved in a lot of various bands and projects and has a successful career, as you mentioned. He's got a lot of albums. But with the exception of one Yinmi Milestone CD, I am not familiar with any of it. Mm. And based on listening to this album, I really fucked up. (laughs) Catching up to do. If you like this, check out Sons of Apollo's album from earlier this year. Yeah, I haven't even heard that. And I know Check that out. Yeah, you'll like that. He's got a damn good voice. Really damn good voice. And all the way through this album, quality performances from him and his band. Good songs. And it's got your typical AOR lyrical content about yeah. love and heartbreaks. And, but it's not uh, overdone. It doesn't turn into a complete tear jerker or any other type of jerker. Um, <laughs> you heard it, you never actually heard <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, that went worse than it should have. <laughs> yeah, if you've, if you've heard his name, 
and like me, haven't actually given any stuff a listen. This is a good place to start, I reckon. Okay. Uh, like power ballads, there's a really cool one on here called "Without Without You." Uh, really cool. It's got piano and then the power chords and then the killer solo. You can almost feel the heat from the cigarette lighter up in the air. Okay. I get just for that just for my own amusement. Um, if I was doing a really long drive in the sun on a sun, summer's day, this is the album that I would do. It's or a good record for that. Yeah. Some beers, but yeah, don't drink and drive at the same time. <laughs> yeah, great for driving, great for drinking. Not together. It's not in, con- in conjunction. Yeah. yeah. It's up to you. <laughs> uh, and then the standouts are Someone to Love Without You and Paper Wings. Did you give that an eight, did you? Eight, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, Tim, let's go to you next. Yeah, this is just a, um, just a good, solid hard rock album. Mm. You know, it's, a, that, uh, it's not particularly groundbreaking. It's not, you know, uh, you know, showing anything brand new that you haven't heard before. But I think if you're um, a fan of the Hard Rock Show, um, then you'll probably find something on here yeah. that you like. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. It, it does. It um, it's uh, it, it knows what it is. It does. It does a, a good solid melodic rock thing, but it does it very well. Hmm. Doesn't doesn't uh, the performances are good. Uh, guitar playing is great. Uh, good singing throughout. So again, I, I this is a you know it's a uh, how do I put it it's a it's a warm you know it's a warm familiar sound that you know just delivers. So yeah, you know, I don't have too much to say about this because I think you know yeah this there's not much to, to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing yeah, terribly like, groundbreaking about it. Nah, it's it's a hard rock album. It's uh, if you're a fan of you know the show, then you'll like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love's Blind is my highlight, eight out of ten. All right, Brendan, what about you? I'm sitting there trying to keep a straight face. What's what's? Oh, I'm amazed how nice you guys are being. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here um, we go. Like Jeff, uh, Sato can sing. He's always been able to sing, and I don't know what it is about him that if he's performed on eighty albums and very few of them are noteworthy, you know, like. F- I, I don't know why that is because he, he's got pipes, mm. absolutely got pipes. Um, and he played with what Deep Purple, he's done a I think lot. He did a stint with Sabbath, even did he? I believe I think, something along those lines. I think something, yeah, up. yeah. Um, yeah, this, this, this is just this is just 80s montage music for me. It, it did very, very little. Mm. Um, I was waiting for this critique to come in because it is a very Frontiers record. Yeah. Mm. It, again, not bad. I'm not criticising anyone's musicianship or talent. Every person on this thing is way more talented than I could ever dream to be. Mm. But this is just a plodder. It just plods along. It just does its thing. It just sounds like something that, you know, could be on the the the, the good guy training to beat up the bad guy in any fucking bad Iron <laughs> Eagle fucking Cobra Kai, fucking Cobra Kai yeah. movie kind of thing. It's just, <laughs> it, it's just, it, it was, you know, a good 45 minutes of okay. Mm. So that's kind of where it landed with me. Five out of 10. Cause it's just, okay. I wouldn't turn it off. I wouldn't put it on. Mm. Um, Love will find a way. I thought it's, it's as horrible as a title as that is, was a really good song. It's a good song. Mystified. Yeah. I kind of like. Okay. So, there you go. 
What'd you give it again? Five. Five. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll be on the more generous side of things again for this one. This is, you know, this is the, uh, you know, melodic AOR kind of stuff, polished and hook, hook, you know, hooks all over it. I thought it was a pretty good balance, though, overall between the ballads and the rockers. So, you know, it, it's a bit of a slow burn kind of an album. It starts off pretty sedate. And then it, it gets into gear toward the end of oh, it. Oh, yeah, that opening track. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, that was a bad choice for an opener. Bad opening track. Yeah, not a good opener. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they went that way when there was, you know, no. they, they, I, maybe they went for that whole slow burn effect kind of thing where you start off slow and then build toward the end. No. But it didn't help you get into it to start with. So my first listen was sort of, oh, okay. And then, you know, you get into it more and, and you do the thing. So I listened to it like three or four times. So, you know, by the end of it, I've gotten my head around. I knew it was coming and then you get to sort of really let it sit with you. Uh, vocals, we've all covered it. I mean, Soto can sing. Fuck me, he's good. Uh, great harmonies. He also knows how to sing within himself. He doesn't overdo it, which is important for this sort of stuff here too. Uh, nothing forced, plenty to enjoy. I've uh, got to give a nod to the guitar work as well. I thought that was fantastic yeah. overall and how it played off against the vocal was a really good trick in the writing and performance of this. Uh, it's very glossy, as you expect. It is that you know, Frontiers um, record. <laughs> they do a lot of this sort of stuff where they stick, you know, Alessandro, it's his name, I think it is. Yeah, Alessandro, he's like one of the in-house guys they've got there. They team up with a lot of artists. And so you get... A lot... The trouble with a lot of these records is that they do follow something of a formula. At least on this one, I thought they got Soto to do things to his strengths versus trying to force it to a mold kind of a thing. But that said, you know, it does still have that glossy sound and all those things you expect from this style of music. If you like, if you were a fan of, you know, the melodic rock fest bands, this is going to hit every box for you. And then some probably, I think it might lack a little bit of punch overall, but that's to help showcase the vocals a bit. I would have liked a bit more sort of grunt on the tones on this, Uh, but it is, like for all the AOR stuff we're talking about, it is worth persisting with if you're looking for that little bit of meat on the bone. I think, like I said, the first half of the album won't really give it to you. The second half of the album is where it gets a bit more interesting for me. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Nothing extreme. I thought it was... At the start, it was just another one of those albums for me. The more I got into it, the more I paid attention to it, the more it sort of drifted away from that a bit. It's got good performances, good lyrics, all that sort of stuff. More than a few tricks up its sleeve. Uh the more I listened to it, the higher my rating went on this one. So that's worth mentioning in this regard, especially for an album like this, because I do completely get where Brendan's coming from on this about how it is just another one of these albums. And I think it's one of those ones that takes a bit more time to sort of, once you know the song, you'll pick up on the details that you might've missed the first time around kind of, but yeah, I don't know. But I think the the last track on this, Desperate, I think that's worth the price of entry. And it's, it's funny that the last track becomes like the ultimate highlight of the album for me. So it does have that final moment payoff for me, which, you know, sort of left me in a good place at the end of the, of the, of, at the end of the record. I think it's another solid record. Uh, given eight out of 10, I picked desperate, obviously uh, paper wings and living in a dream as my standouts on this one. So how's everyone sitting? We've got a couple to go. Do we want to take a, a quick intermission and, and come back in a moment or are we going to plow through? Where's everyone sitting on this? I'm good. Yeah, plow on. Yeah, plow keep on. going. All right. Well, we'll plow on then and move on to our, well, I don't know, we've got a, we've got a headlo- headline act of the evening or the main event of the evening. What's the what's the main undercard going to be called? I don't know what that is. Semi-main. 
the okay well okay well that's actually put it considering we're going to go to orianthi so <laughs> yeah, i'm sure she she dish out a few semi mains <laughs> over the years i'm sure anyway it's a semi main it's it's a, it's, a, it's a randy savage before hulk hogan yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna to go to orianthi with o uh 10 tracks for 37 minutes the fourth solo studio album from the australian artist released november 2020 via frontiers again co-written and produced by marty Fredrickson. uh this is her first solo studio album in something like six or seven years so it's been a little while between drinks for her brendan let's go to you first on this okay um <laughs> Mm-hmm. I've been listening to Jeff, Soto, uh, Jeff Scott Soto album expecting to like it and was a bit disappointed. I went into this one expecting not to like it and was pleasantly surprised. Mm. So it's that was bit, good. Yeah. Yeah, it, this sounded massive. Mm. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And the more it went on, the more I kind of liked it. I was actually, the, the thing I was surprised most of all about it was I liked her voice a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I thought she was really soulful. They didn't overproduce it to make her sound like, you know, she was trying to be a diva. She had a rasp and, uh, you know, she delivered it with, with passion and emotion. Sits in the middle between sort of Joan Jett and Britney Spears. I wouldn't go there, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd probably give her a little more credit than that. Joan Jett, yeah, maybe. Um, um, I don't know. She had a, she had a soul to her. Voice that I just didn't really expect. I I expected a, a, a cookie cutter, you know, sort of really uninteresting album from Ariadne, and that's not fair. But that's what I was expecting. So yeah. I'm, I'm I was happy to be pleasantly surprised. Um, songs were great, performances were great. Um, it wasn't a guitar wank fest that I thought it might become. Mm-hmm. Um, she's obviously a phenomenal guitarist, but you know, she didn't she didn't lean on that. Too hard. Mm. Um, you know, beautiful solos, great guitar tones. The sound, particularly the low end coming from the drums and the bass, that really filled this out to a point that it might disappoint some. Some people don't like that. I quite often I don't like that because it sounds too studio driven. Mm. Um, but I, I really got it on this particular album. For some reason, this just really caught my ear. And the slower tracks as well, I thought gave the album heaps of balance. I was pleasant so pleasantly surprised mm. um that i will keep playing this i thought it was great it's a sneaky good record isn't it a very very sneaky good record for something that i wasn't even looking forward to listening to i was really going uh Orianti, um, um <laughs> and i end up giving it a nine out of ten because i thought it was fucking phenomenal there we um, go contagious and rescue me were the two that really jumped out okay. but there weren't any that i didn't like mm. I didn't find any flat spots. Even, you know, the the what you call the cheesier ones weren't particularly cheesy. I thought it was yeah. good. Yeah. Mm. Enjoyed it a lot. Cool. All right, Tim, let's go to you. Yeah, so basically how I ended up reviewing this was like it was the only name that got released this week. <laughs> basically. When we decided this one, yeah. Yeah, and like um so I the only thing I really ever knew from Orianthi was my mum telling me that she, she was um, Michael Jackson's guitarist when that Is This It movie came out. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, at the time, me being a pretentious metalhead going, Michael Jackson, fuck that. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, cool too. Uh, I, I, I've seen clips of her on Facebook. Like when you scroll down, it's just automatic yeah. uh, playing clips of her playing like Jimi Hendrix and shit. And I'm just like, okay, fuck that. Um, guitar karaoke wankery. And mm-hmm. the other thing I saw was. Um, she do the band with Richie Sambora. So I'm just like, so I went into this expecting like the cheesiest garbage, soft metal piece of shit. Right. <laughs> and I ate my words within like the first 30 seconds. <laughs> yep. Cause it's, 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 it's stunningly good. Mm. And like, cause I was expecting one of two things, either again, like a, Again, this is ridiculously unfair to say, well, because of the Sambora connection to expect the Bon Jovi record, but that's partly what I was, was expecting. Yeah. Or like, you know. Yep. Or I was expecting it to be like the last new Strauss record, which is just, you know, five and a half minutes, five, you know, 40 minutes of, you know, three minute guitar YouTube videos. Yeah. And I got neither of them. In fact, what I got was. What was uh, Sorry. Say that again, Brennan. I said, yeah, it certainly smokes the Neither Strauss album. Yes. Oh, yeah. I oh, I yeah. Um, I said, yeah, and yeah. We got you. In the end, what we got was, you know, really well-written, well-thought-out hard rock songs, beautifully recorded. Um, everything sounds fantastic. There's this wonderful, like, low-end hiss mm. all throughout this thing that I just love. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Makes the whole thing sound very genuine, very live. Um, I thought, you know, they the way they treated her voice was really well, uh, well really well done. Again, just yeah. to sit that little mm. bit back, but mm. because it's uh, the whole album so bass heavy, it doesn't really, you, it still cuts through. And she's got enough of a, a mid-range voice. It's not the typical top-end voice you get from a lot of female vocalists. No, she's got a bit of the, um, she's got it's a bit of the blue time. pills. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, vocal tone. Um, but again, the, the music's nothing like that. The music's all like she's almost got that like um, she's almost got that like uh, 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 like early Nine Inch Nails guitar tone on this. That really, yeah, yeah. Um, really treble heavy, raspy thing that goes up against that bass heavy drum mm. tone and. Her voice just kind of sits right in the middle of it, and it's really out nicely. Yeah, and it really whole balances the whole thing out beautifully. The songs are incredibly well written. Everything's really well done, and I've listened to this three or four times since we reviewed it. So, um, this is a quality album. Mm. So yeah, Contagious and Blow are my highlights. Cool. Uh, nine out of ten. Wow. Okay, Dave. Um, yeah, up agreement. Until... Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Up until this point, I've only been familiar with her work with Alice Cooper and I heard one song that she did with Steve Vai and that was the guitar wankery that you would expect with those two together. But that was pretty cool, but I've never checked out anything of her solo stuff. I keep forgetting the name of a big hit song she had years ago till I forget the name, but she had one, according to you, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know it. I knew of it, but I never heard it. But yeah, this was a really good, diverse collection of songs and it just showed what she can do on the guitar and she's a damn good guitar player but mm-hmm. as Brendan said it's not an in-your-face shred album and um, her playing just serves the songs 
And there are many different styles on here. That it's got it's got your rock ones, but there's some blues-based ones and there's some pop, but it all fits within her own unique style and her delivery, yeah. which um, I really liked. And the um, track order flowed really well from start to finish. It's really easy yeah. listening. And because there are some different styles of music within it, it's what makes it a lot more interesting. Um, it's pretty accessible for anyone who likes any of those types of music, rock, pop, blues, guitar, bass. Yeah, I reckon everyone... Everyone should give it a listen. Mm-hmm. Um, as has been covered, her vocals are pretty damn good too. Um, the guitar and vocals seem to be at the foreground, but the rest of the band is um, they can certainly play. Yeah, so she's she's the star of the piece. I don't even know who the hell this band is. I can't find any information anywhere. Yeah, I'm not it. sure and all that sort of stuff. No. Yeah. So this album, for all you know, you'd think Orianti would get a little bit more. I think respect from the media. Yeah, else, and there's not a lot of info. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, respect from the media in general would be fucking wonderful, wouldn't it? But anyway, there's, there's, there's a particular radio station that really should be eating this up. That's not. Yeah, yeah. but we know they won't do that. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, so many radio-friendly songs on this stuff. I know it's insane, oh. isn't it? Fuck me. Anyway, sorry, Dave. <laughs> now, there's no real genre trend in music at the moment and when people really solo albums back in the day when there was people would write towards that trend but because yeah. that's not happening at the at the moment she's just free to be herself mm. and i thought that was remarkable on this album like i said there's lots of different types of um songs on here it's a pretty quick listen it's um about 38 minutes which is your basic vinyl runtime so 20 minutes either side yep. it's a good length for an album um i really don't know why she's not more higher up in her career, and I hope this album really gives her a big boost because she certainly deserves it. Um, this she's a great example for young women too, because it just proves you don't have to be a stripper to have a career in music. Mm. You can actually do it based on talent. I just hope a lot. I of will say one thing about that though: that one of the video clips she's wearing pretty much next to nothing, which I actually found disappointing. Yeah. from the song. Yeah, it'd be distracting. Mm. In a good way, but. Oh yeah, I'm not complaining. <laughs> But you know, that's I mean. proving that we're all assholes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna type that into Google right now. Yeah, yeah. 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 out of ten. My standouts were "Sin as Him," "Rescue Me," "Blow," "Crawling Out of the Dark," and "Stream of Conscience." Fuck! I reckon by the time we're done, we'll have we'll have picked almost every song off of yeah. this album as standouts, which is a, a huge nod. I do want to clarify my earlier remark about you know the. Joan Jett to, to Britney Spears. The Britney Spears <laughs> aspect is in how some of the production would you would think would lean into that a little bit more. And so it's that the the production tones applied. It's not that I think she sounds like that or sings like that. I think she's much better than that. Uh, it was just a, a no, nah, that doesn't cut it. Try again. <laughs> All right. Bloody hell. Who would you just like say to say I was wrong and move on? Yeah, okay. The tyrant's gone. Okay, cool. Unless we're Frio and contesting it, are we? Um, but <laughs> fuck. Um, now, I'm not a huge fan or all that knowledgeable at Orient and her work. I do appreciate that she's well liked. And from all reports leading into this, when we, because when we did, I put the list up of what was dropped that week and we'd only sort of heard the name any of us and that was like well that's obviously the one to go with and that was all we sort of went off of i hadn't really checked out singles or anything to go into which thought okay well you know there's a name it's the most sort of high high profile one that we can think of then we'll go with that now 
I went into this and all the feedback online has been fantastic for this record. And this is going to be a four for four out of us. It's not too, cause I loved it. I went to this thinking I was going to get something more along the lines of pop rock. You know, you get, according to you was the big hit from years ago. I thought I was going to get more of that on this one. You get nothing like that on this release. And it's fantastic. You do get pop sensibility, which, you know, is her ability, the ability of hers to blend between the rock and the pop worlds and, and bring them together is incredible. It's so well done in that regard. You get the hooks and all sorts of stuff, but the way the vocals and the guitar play off of each other, nothing on either side of the coin is overdone, which is a tendency in each of those worlds, but they've come together really well on this. The rhythms on this were fantastic. There's enough. It's it's one of those ones where you could dance to this, but there's enough sting in the tail to really surprise people like me that want that bit more rocky sort of stuff. There's a definite sting in this, which is cool. Rhythm melody is king. It's all been done very, very well. On top of that, there is some very tasty lead work that plays to the songs and doesn't come over the top of it all. Very well done. I honestly, when I was listening to this, I thought to myself that she might be one of the artists that will keep guitar alive for the younger generation coming through afterward. I think there's a lot here, not only for young girls to look up to, but for everyone to look up to that's a bit younger because uh, it's the right sort of stuff that'll cut through. So it's one of those ones where, you know, people talk about Greta Van Fleet, but I reckon her crossover appeal is probably even more so because she'll get the pop audience kids and she'll get the rock audience kids. She'll bring them all along for the same ride. And she'll make them all interested in, in playing guitar like this and, and singing with genuine soul like she does on this record. Lyrics were fantastic on this. Uh, there is some very, very sassy stuff on here, which is very, very cool. She's got a wicked tongue. Uh, it draws you in. It really does drag you in, but it also makes you think that you wouldn't want to cross her in the real world either. She's got some acid in there, which is very, very cool, very clever, plays into the formula of this record nicely. Tempo changes were great. There's a lot of diversity on this record. Not a one-trick pony at all, and the use of groove was really well done. Uh, once you dig into the composition, there's a lot of cool little things going on in there as well. It's got very modern production, uh, probably a little bit too crunched in, you know, your final balance kind of thing for my personal tastes, but it's got that really good push and pull about it. The different tones are nice. I love the little nod to Hendrix and some of the tones and the way she was playing. There was some really throwback to Hendrix kind of moments on this, which is very, very cool. Well, Nala jumps into proceedings here. I'm so happy they really kept a lot of that over overproduction out of the vocal though oh yeah it was definitely there and everything else i got that but there there must have been that temptation to 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 wash that over the vocal as well i didn't which was cool the day and Mm. i didn't and kept the passion and the the Mm. soul and the voice it made it for me really did yeah no i was really i enjoyed that aspect too i like how genuine the vocal came across with everything going on, the vocal came across as really genuine, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, underneath all that sort of stuff, the blues soul, the blues bass of this was what was the most telling part of all that sort of stuff too. And the use of space really was well done on this too. The whole thing on this is that mix of old world and new clashing while Nala is gagging on something. Um, so <laughs> don't know what she's doing over there, but like um, working with great Danes in the background is always fun folks. Um, but this is like, this is that, like I said, the two worlds clashing in a really creative way. There are songs near that could go well on either pop or rock radio stations. We know there's a perfect radio station for this in Australia, which will not play it for some fucking stupid reason. I don't know why, but whatever. Um, 
but this would also work on those stations. It would also work well in the smoky bars and or nightclubs at the same time as all. This will go anywhere and be well received. And that's not a dirty thing when it comes to rock records. This is a genuine rock record at its heart and soul of it all. It's very, very infectious. You know, it's one of those ones where you go in there thinking like we all have that you're probably not going to get a lot out of it. And it might be a bit of a, a guilty pleasure, but I don't take any guilt in the pleasure of this record for me personally. I think it's really well done. It stays with you. It's fun for the most part, but there is also just the right touch of darkness and vulnerability about this too, which gives you a little bit of a glimpse into who she is and how far she's come because she's not a novice anymore and she's got some years under her belt. And I think that shows on this record here. Uh, it's a short ride, but it's a very engaging listen. I thoroughly enjoyed it a lot more than I have any right to. Uh, the opening track is called Contagious, and that's exactly what this record is. Uh, nine out of 10 for me as well. Uh, Crawling Out of the Dark. I love that. It's the slowest song on the record, but the the vocal and lyric on that was fucking phenomenal for mine. Uh, but also Impulsive is a great catchy song, and same with Sinner's Hymn. So take your pick. We pretty much covered off the entire record on this one here. Uh, so yeah, very well worth checking out for mine. But now I think we need to pick, put Tim into the naughty corner, don't we? Yep. So it's, it's Tim's turn to go to the naughty corner. So Tim, we'll see you very shortly. Ah. While the rest of us go to the main event of the evening, <laughs> which this week, it absolutely has to be, there's no doubt about it, ACDC with Power Up. We would be remiss if we didn't make this the main event this week as we sit down and do this. 12 tracks for 41 minutes. The 17th studio album from the Australian band, released October 2020 by Columbia and Sony Music, uh, produced by Brendan O'Brien at Warehouse Studio in Canada. Uh, this album sees the return of Brian Johnson, Cliff Williams, and I'm getting that right, unlike other reviewers out there who said Cliff Williams. And also Phil Rudd on drums. Uh, and it's the first album since the passing of Malcolm Young and is intended to be something of a tribute to him. Uh, who wants to go first? Either of you two want to go first? Yeah. Okay, okay Dave, go. Right. <laughs> Needs more Axel. Oh, no, you can't do that. Oh. I had to. You'd be surprised if I didn't. I would, but fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, straight up much better than rock or bust but not as good as ball breaker that was a fantastic i think that's their last great fantastic album we should do a full-blown uh, acdc special at some point i think didn't we do one we did a special but we didn't go anywhere near the full discography okay cool mm. but um yeah this has what was missing on rock or bust it's got that malcolm vibe and because they used a lot of these music that he left behind, yeah. it was definitely missing. And it just shows how much he contributed to the band over its entire career. He was the, he is the main guy in that band. Yeah, he really is. He just gets all the focus and they're two singers, obviously. But yeah, he was the backbone. He was the quiet guy out the back, but he was definitely the solid glue that kept everything just chugging ahead. Yep. Um, yep. As a you got the good catchy riffs and the solid playing. Um, solos are a little bit restrained from Angus, but I think that's down to age and it kind of fits the music because I didn't mind that. Yeah. yeah, as much as I enjoyed this, I kept waiting for that ACDC high, fast energy, and you just didn't get that song that really popped all the way through. But I think that's kind of down to their age. They're not going to dish out another Thunderstruck or Who Made Who or something, but 
they don't need to anymore either. Yeah, so they just delivered a solid, straight up rock and roll album. No, good for them just to get some of Melton's music out there again. The other thing that was really missing for me in this, and once again, it's probably down to age, but the double entendres that are so prominent in so <laughs> many ACDC songs. Yeah. Not enough dick not- jokes. My big He's got me by the balls. The balls were gone. Yeah, but doesn't mean balls are gone from the music, just from the lyrics. Mm. But you know, when you're in your 60s and you're doing the double entendre jokes, I mean, still Panther might be able to do it, but yeah. it's not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> I think even yeah. still Panther in the 60s would be pushing it. Oh, you can guarantee they won't give it up. Mm. But uh, yeah, some of these songs they kind of make me think this was left over from that album, or this was left over from that. It kind of like uh, probably was. Yeah, it felt a bit, a little bit like a best of with new songs. It was like, yeah, that came from yeah. that era. It's the kind of vibe I got through all of it. Especially Demon yeah. Fire, that, that riff really reminded me of Safe in New York City. Mm. Um, yeah, that was a very yeah, that was a good song. Overall, I gave it eight out of 10. Um, Shot in the Dark, Kick You When You're Down, and Demon Fire when the standouts. All right, cool. Brendan? Yeah, look, at, there is no doubt this is an ACDC album. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, you you guys, I think both of you weren't huge fans of Rock or Bus, where I actually, I, I quite liked Rock or Bus. And no, I liked I, Rock or Bus to, to, to a degree. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good for, for the, even the fact they got it out was impressive to me. I think I gave about an eight for that one, I think. Yeah, I, I, I listened to this and I went back to Rock or Bus and I still kind of leaned towards Rock or Bus. But okay. I think it, the only reason is the guitar sound. I think the the... The thing I think lacking from this album, and I like this album, and the songs are good. And like I said it's a really good ACDC album. Any fan of the band is not going to put this on and turn it off. Like mm. it's, it'll play through and it's great. But it's lacking some gravel, you know. Like it's the the distortion on the guitar tone is just not fucking there. Not as brilliant um, as in past times. No, absolutely not. And. Yeah, you think of the ACDC albums, we've covered a few, but you listen to Let There Be Rock and stuff, you know, where the guitar sounds like a fucking chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah, this, it's, it's you know, it's borderline Noffler-esque. Um, <laughs> at time, well, no, that's not fair. But it's... Um, <laughs> I was harsh before with Orianti. <laughs> man. But it's, 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 the guitar sounds a lot nicer than I'd like it to sound, you know. It's... I get it's that. Well balanced and stuff. I just want a little bit more distortion and crunch. You know, mm-hmm. it's just not quite there. But yeah, it's a it's an ACDC album. It's a good one. There is some really great songs on there. There's a couple of fillers, but I think most ACDC albums, bar a couple, have a couple of fillers on there. So that's yeah. nothing new. Yeah, but there's there are, there are albums surprise on most albums as well than you expect. Was that? There's, there's always a bit of a surprise on each of their albums as well, which, you know, everyone, yeah. big critique of Ace of it's the same album. It's not the same album. There's always something different in every album. This one has yeah. that. But this one, like, like, I think, like, Demon Fire was the one that really caught my ear, much like um, Emission Control on, on Rock or Bust. Mm. I still really dig that song every time it comes on. Like, you know, that, that's an absolute ripper. So it's when they find that really sort of poppy, yeah. oh, not poppy, that, that riff that's really got a bit of grunt behind it that can yeah. sort of drive the, the groove song kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'd, yeah, I'd like to hit a bit more of it. But look, I still really enjoy it. It's fun. And anyone that's a fan, I mean, 
Jesus, if you're going into ACDC's 17th album when they're at this stage of the game and you're expecting to have your head fucking blown off, you're probably a bit of a dick. Yeah. Um, look, I liked it. It's not, not the best album I've ever heard, but it's, it's it's great. It's fun. And probably one of the best album covers I've seen all year, if not for the last oh, man, few years. Great, so I it? love the cover. It mm-hmm. really, really fucking jumps out at you. I think it's a ripper. Mm-hmm. It's um, so but, simple. It's so good. Yeah. It's mm. amazing, isn't it? It's a bit of a stage set up, neon, <laughs> Beautiful. And just really well lit up. It's great. Yep. Um, I gave it seven and a half out of ten. Kick you when you're down. Realize and demon fire. Cool. Well, the mighty ACDC are back in the saddle again. Um, and this is probably one of the few great points of the year that is 2020 that we get to get another album out of this band when all signs leading up to this point were not <laughs> promising for quite some time with all the chatter going on around things. For me, this was like a comfy pair of jeans or a well-broken-in jacket. This band just feels right. They aren't hitting the highest of the past, but like you said, if you're expecting them to, you're a bit of a dick. At this mm. point in time, I think they all they need to do is be able to put out solid albums, and this is another one of those. And who are we to sit here and tell them they shouldn't do a thing when they've done what they've done? Their legacy is well and truly etched in stone. So long as they don't come out with a complete left-of-field curveball and everything sounds good, sits where it should. You know, they're not going to release a Lulu album. We know that from ACDC. So, you know what? They will be able to continue doing what they do for as long as they want to do it. And I think they've handled it all on balance pretty well. I'm glad to see Brian and, and the rest back in the band. I think that does make a big difference with the back, with the yeah. Phil Rudd back in on drums mm. was a big thing. And that makes a huge difference to what, has happened on this record for mine. Uh, but anyway, I think the tones are great. You know who this is as soon as you hear it. I get what you mean about, you know, it's like a bit of a chainsaw side to it, but you still know that this is ACDC as soon as you hear the opening riff to any of these songs. Uh, Brian's vocals are on fire on this, which was cool mm. and nice to get after all the chatter as well that we've touched on. He's just back a little bit in the mix, but, you know, the, the right amount of reverb on it allows it to cut through really nicely. Mm. Uh, great balance all around as we expect with this band in the production the cymbals might be a touch washy me being picky but nothing too bad the backing vocals as always sit where they shouldn't have that bit of grunt to things overall this has all the traditional hallmarks of another ACDC record uh, wrist licks and solos the rhythm section is solid as all fuck on this the blues has never left and they do it so well but I loved some of the tempo and the groove shifts like I said before Phil coming back in really is an element of this band that is so important he the way he sits, where he plays, the timing of things is so great. And, and Cliff on bass compliments him really incredibly well. Like this was a really, I think the rhythm aspect of this was possibly better than Rock or Bust because uh, Stevie has obviously fit into the groove a bit better on this one too. So that whole that whole anchoring it down to give Brian and, and Angus the, the platforms they need is a bit more secure. And so they've, they've not launched, but it's just felt like the foundations were more solid on this one. I thought the layering was cool in this. There's a little shift in focus on different songs. Nothing sounds exactly the same from songs. I know that people won't agree with that. Everyone says, you know, ACDC sound like ACDC. And I think that if you actually pay attention to the records, mm-hmm. there is a lot of diversity, subtle, but there is diversity there. Um, you know, and for the shit show that's been 2020, I'm just glad to get a record out of this band personally from a, from a fan's point of view. Um, it's not the greatest thing ever, but they still have plenty in the tank for mine. And if you like this band, this will feel like they're coming home again to you. Uh, 
I think that, you know, it's worth a listen for sure if you're a fan of this band or their genre. If you're not, this won't change your mind at all. Uh, but I think this is also one of those ones that in a few years, you'll look back on this one a little bit differently than you are when it comes out today fresh and everyone's looking for something fantastic. I think this is a really good solid album that, while it doesn't have the back in black effect, but fuck me if you're going to get that album again. Um, getting one album like that in your career is fantastic. <laughs> you're not going to get two. Uh, and they probably did with Highway to Hell, to be honest. But the the but the way they've managed to keep it all together and get another record out and, and how it still feels like ACDC with everything that's gone on between now and then is if you're a fan, you'll get it. If you're not, this won't do anything for you. But I, I really enjoyed it. This is one of those ones that's just yeah nice to have as a, a bit of an anchor point in this shit show of a year. Uh, 8 out of 10 from me. Uh, no Man's Land was my big stand-up, but then also Shot in the Dark and Kick You When You're Down. I think that one, the rhythm yeah, play was, on yeah. that was really cool. That was where the rhythm really jumped out. And it's like, okay, that's that that's really cool. That, that was when it felt the most like an ACDC show. That yeah. was like, fucking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I really enjoyed that one. So I think overall, yeah, we all pretty much in the grants. Like it's an ACDC record and it's a good one. So, you know, you're getting what you get. But I think it's time to bring Tim back in. So we'll, we'll get that happening if he's still there. While the system, here we go. Well, hey, hey, hey there we go. Welcome back. Welcome hey. back. So we've we've just done our uh, ACDC review, and we're going to move on to the. Uh, you'd be surprised to hear that we all thought ACDC sounded exactly like ACDC. <laughs> oh, I'm shocked and horrified. <laughs> I thought they were going to sound like airborne for a minute. <laughs> oh, take it down that road. Oh, wow. Here we go. That's, that's going to cause a fucking Yeah. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Anyway, um, while we're at it, uh, before we get to the bin, which will come up very shortly, let's uh, let's go through it. So make sure you follow us. All that detail is in the description for this, either in video, audio form, wherever you're watching or listening to this. Check us out, follow us, subscribe, and all that sort of stuff to all of our Silly nonsense, and you'll catch a lot of other stuff we don't just release in these formats of the show. There's a lot of stuff we filmed before and after this stuff, which will be released as little, you know, mini videos and that, as well as, you know, standalone reviews and that, too. So check us out, follow us, and all that sorts of stuff. Uh, if you'd like to give us a bit of support, we will greatly appreciate it. Please check out our Patreon page for more information on just how to do that. There's a whole lot of cool rewards there, so just give it a look. And uh, a big thank you to our wonderful sponsors in Squidding, Screen Printing, Alt Cult, and Rockstar Finance. Their details, as well as ours, are in the description for this. So please just give them a little, a bit of a look, a bit of a follow to show them some love for the support they give us here at the show. We're not only online for now. We are still on television here in Australia. So check us out on Saturday nights at 10.30 p.m. on Channel 31 in Melbourne and on 10.30 p.m. Thursday nights on Channel 44 in Adelaide. Um, next episode coming up is our 1980 special. So we've got a bit... Of uh, uh, planning on that one it's gonna be very very cool it's some audience following so just check us out that'll be the next one coming up and um, i think that's it next month is christmas believe it or not fuck me wow okay yeah we're getting toward the end of the year so we'll, we'll let's some... get this year behind us and move on yeah i know fucking hell how's that going for us all hey but anyway now it's time for all of our favorite parts of the week <laughs> <laughs> Time for the bin. All right. So, uh, who wants to go first? Who's got? Hang on. Before we do this, who's got the fun bin? Well, it's pretty fun. Yours be kind fun. of. Timmy. Okay. So, Timmy, you go first. Then we'll go to 
Dave, then then Brendan, and then I'll and I'll go after Tim. So are Tim, you being funny, Andrew? Or are you going to bring the mood down? Again? No, I'll, I'll go after Tim. So Tim, you go first. <laughs> All right. All right. So I work uh, with people. <laughs> Suppose that can go like I do. <laughs> but um, I've noticed most people are still very good here in Melbourne, but. All of a sudden, since we've gone uh, less COVID safe, mm. there are a number of people who seem to um, feel like the mask rule does not apply to them. And when people get threatened, like when, but not realizing that, you know, retail stores and that are still being threatened with massive fines if they get caught mm. not enforcing the mask rule. Yeah. It's not about personal preference, guys. Don't be a fuckwit. Just put them on and fuck off. And it's always these like balding middle-aged fat blokes who think they know what they're doing. Fuck off. You're not balding. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) What about the balding middle-aged fat women? (laughs) No, you guys, you guys know, you guys know who I'm talking about. It's the we do. It's the self-entitled school of hard knocks type. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like, Way too uh, around. Yep. And just come up with excuses like, well, I'll just pay the fine. It's like, well, that doesn't mean people are going to serve you. That just means people call the cops on you. Fuck off. It doesn't mean the store gets uh, to pay the fine either. Exactly. I mean, and yeah, we've all, well, a lot of stores have struggled this year. So don't, don't make it harder for them. Yeah. It's not yeah. just about the individual. Yeah. All right. I've got a couple. I'll be quick. Um, First is to the ministers of the day serving in the federal parliament in particular, clean up your fucking act. Uh, from sleeping with staff, spouting off about the sanctity of marriage while doing so. Uh, you should clean up after sleeping with people. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, quarantine's an issue at the moment, obviously. Uh, infectious diseases and all. Uh, but in particular, to Tudge, Roberts and Morrison, especially when it comes to robo-debt, you lot are fucking disgraceful. Uh also, on that note, the lack of uh, evenness or disparity in the media coverage of all things to fuck right off. I've had a gut full of it. On a lighter note, ACDC reviewers getting their shit fucking wrong. There's been a few of you bastards <laughs> out there getting names wrong. I'm pretty sure that if ACDC could revive anyone from the dead, it would not be Cliff Burton, no matter how good a bass player he was. Fuck you. Bunch Cliff of hacks. Burton. Get it right. Cliff <sighs> what? This, what happened? I'll tell you after. <laughs> we'll fill you in after. Dave, right. over to you. Um, recently, Alan's lollies have renamed some of their <laughs> lollies. <laughs> that are culturally appropriate for whatever reason now. Now, I'm not, I'm not adding to that debate. That's a different <laughs> thing. My concern is their choice of the new name. The Red, Red Ripper. Ripper. Red Ripper. For one, it sounds a little bit like a Steel Panther song. <laughs> and two, if you actually Google Red Ripper, you get a serial killer from Russia. Now, I don't know if you're Chuck it into a Google machine, type in Red Ripper, and the first oh. thing that comes up is a serial killer. Now, Red Ripper does sound very phallic. You're going to see a reminder of a serial killer who maybe murdered your family. Red Ripper sounds like a big dog schlong, but anyway. <laughs> Red Ripper is incredibly phallic. We should let Dave go last. Uh, go, go grab your Red Rippers and your Cheeky. The Cheeky is the other name. And Google that one too. You're on a Saturday night. Imagine combining them both. 
<laughs> like I said, he ran river. Cheeky Red Ripper right here. There we go. Hey! <laughs> I've got the Irish one, but anyway. <laughs> there you go. Follow that, right. Brendan. Brendan, bring us home. All right. I'm going to back over this shit again. Here we go. All right. You ready? We're going Triple M again, and particularly <laughs> Triple M's hot breakfast because they're about to fucking go. So, Eddie they are. so you got one last kick in the guts for him? Yeah, pieces of shit. Lying <laughs> fucking all about Melbourne. Wanker fucking pieces Fucking ah! now, having said that, <laughs> you know, Triple M have been playing some new music recently. Now, granted, yeah, most of it's by fucking Midnight or Bruce Springsteen and fucking a whole bunch of other guys in the fucking nursing home, but they have been playing one, and nothing against any of the musicians that have played on Triple M. We've been to this before, yeah, but they are playing one called Death. Death by Rock and Roll by The Pretty Reckless at the moment. Yeah. Playing it a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one of these few songs that comes on because I'm driving an old piece of shit fucking, you know, Toyota Hilux at the moment that only has a radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm stuck with. So when that song comes on, I actually turn it up and give it a bit of... It's refreshing. Yeah, give it, a, give it, give it some bloody... Give it a bit of jandle and see what happens. And... It's nice to actually have that feeling listening to the radio when, oh, wow, this new song, I love it. Mm. And it makes me realise how much I miss it. Mm-hmm. You know, I miss hearing my new favourite song. You know, I and, like, they play a lot of great music, but... The new Wolfgang song would be fucking great on radio. It would as much as Orianti and all this other stuff mm. and all this that they will continually ignore... You know, you can try to play nice with the Triple M, but who gives a fuck? You know, the music fuck is just the noise between the ads. It all it is. Mm-hmm. And fuck you royally. You know, and like I said, particularly your hot breakfast, did your thing. You went through fucking six months of lockdown and you achieved fuck all for the Melbourne music scene. Mm-hmm. And you tried to pat yourself on the back through the whole thing. Fuck off. So lot of them. go fuck yourselves. Yep. And I think there'll be a lot of people out there that will agree with you on that one, including myself for one. So well done on that one. Good, sir. Yeah. Thank you for that. All right. But that's it from us for now. We're back again very, very soon with some more 80 stuff and also a very, very special review that we'll try and get out to the masses before uh, goes to like, the, the release itself goes to the public. But we'll see how we go. But anyway, that's it for now. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you to you, all of you, for taking the time out of your, your schedule tonight, midweek, as we do this, to uh, to sit down with me and do a bit of uh, a session. So it's been fun. Thank you very much, guys. That's great. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. But we'll see you all again very, very soon. Until then, I'm Andrew. I'm the Red Ripper. <laughs> I'm probably going to say that, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tim. As always. <laughs> Drink up. up. Rip on. Fuck on. Rip on. <laughs> that was cheeky. Oh, here we go. <laughs>
$15,000 COVID curing fucking ray of light bullshit. I've got three of them. Doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Question is, how have you got three of them? <laughs> hey, at least you got that. I got, at least you got that. I got a subscription for Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> You're on Goop. You're the Goop care package every month. <laughs> you get a jade egg to stick up your vagina while you're steaming it. <laughs> yeah, it really helps. It really helps, you know, with the candle scent. <laughs> I was tempted to buy the candle just like for a, for a lark until I saw what it costs. <laughs> like, yeah, no. What does it cost? That's like 75 bucks or something. What? Yeah. Like if it was fifteen or twenty, I go, yeah, that'd be funny to have in the house. You just go, hey, you know, <laughs> let's smell her. Seventy-five bucks, girl. <laughs> that's more than a perfume. No, I, I, that's what I would expect to be honest. Oh, man. That's crazy. That is crazy. Because it's it's a cult of personality thing. The people who are into it will spend anything. Yeah. <laughs>